1: and welcome to no filler the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records my name is Travis got my brother Quentin with me last week we talked about paul mccartney's mtv unplugged live album and so we thought to ourselves you know what We just talked about the greatest rock musician of all time and one of his live records. Why not talk about the greatest, best-selling live album of all time? And that would, of course, be Peter Frampton Comes Alive. It's called
2: Frampton Comes
1: Alive. Uh, And that would be called Frampton Comes Alive. (laughs) Uh, So here's the thing, you about this record. This was, um, you know, one of those constantly in the background of our childhood type albums right but I can honestly tell you that I only know the three songs that everybody else associates with this record right right I mean I, I I've never I've never pulled it up and hit play and, and paid attention to it so the ones that I'm familiar with are show me the way baby I love your way and do you feel like we do. Yeah. So, you know, that's essentially like to me those songs are synonymous with Frampton. That's my that's the beginning and the end of my Frampton knowledge. So,
2: well, the thing about those three songs, like if you if you've heard Peter Frampton on the radio, you've heard these versions of of those, you've heard the live version of those yeah it's interesting because like yeah they were all released before this live album came out but like so he was in a band called humble pie as the guitarist uh before he did his own solo stuff and when he branched off and did his own thing i mean he was you know he would make it on the charts but he would be pretty damn low on the lists it wasn't until this album came out that he was starting to see any kind of success as a solo artist. So I feel like a lot of it had to do with the time that it was released. So this live album was released in 1976. um, A solid four years into him, you know, getting out there, doing his own thing, touring constantly. His first full-length album as a solo artist was in 1972 with an album called Wind of Change. And, yeah, there's a couple songs, actually quite a few songs on this album, Wind of Change, that he does live on Frampton Comes Alive. But, yeah, he just, for whatever reason, like, you know, no one really seemed to care about him until this album came out. Um, I'm just going to read some stats here because it's pretty pretty ridiculous. So, as of 2011, this record has gone platinum eight times it was voted album of the year by rolling stone um in 1976 it was in the top 10 for the majority of 76 once it came out and it was at number one for 10 weeks straight and a lot of it had to do with the fact that fm radio was starting to do uh, what's called album-oriented rock stations, you know, which were you know they it's it's basically like what we think of when we think of uh you know like genre-specific FM stations. Uh, I think our dad used that exact phrase when he was on our yeah. our episode. Yeah, he was he was a DJ in, er, around this time, dude. I'm sure he was playing the shit out of Prampton Comes Alive. Um, but yeah, so playing the it, shit yeah,
1: he, right he, off of the the vinyl.
2: Play, playing what
1: <laughs> playing the, i just like your phrase playing the playing the shit out um, of it. sometimes i like to stop oh, and yeah. think i mean that's a funny phrase that humans came up with oh, playing the yeah, shit out I of something know.
3: but
2: anyway are you really taking that shit and going somewhere with it or are you just taking it, you know are you just dropping off a of shit into the toilet you
1: mean like we, oh I, <laughs> yeah? When you take a <laughs> shit,
2: I'm gonna go take a where shit. Do you, no, where dude, are you taking? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go take a shower? Where are you gonna go? What, what are you doing with it? That's a,
1: I mean. Let's just can we? Can, let's let's get a linguistics uh, linguistics person on here. And we'll we'll get to the bottom of this. Okay. All right. So um, yes, all of those things you said. It is incredible. I feel like it's. Um, I mean, to me, it's like you, you hear the audience. There, there, I mean, he 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 was yes. able to. I mean, was it where was it recorded? Did he did he
2: pack a stadium? No, this is actually four different uh, concerts. Okay, yeah. So um, two of them were in New York in in nineteen seventy. Actually, all of them were recorded in nineteen seventy five. Uh, two of them were in California, and the other two were in New York. And I don't know which track belongs to what set you know what i mean but um to put things in perspective uh one of the recordings is from uh, Mm -hmm. a venue called the winterland ballroom in san francisco in june of 75 and this was frampton's first time as a headliner was that show six months before this album came out he was the opening act six months you know, he wasn't headlining before this album came out. Basically, like 1975 was his first headlining act, and and that set was actually recorded and ended up on this record.
1: I just think it's interesting that you know, to me, a, a band doesn't put a live record out until they're you know, until they have enough. Like you know, it, it, that seems like something that doesn't happen until much later after success. You know what I mean? Like after success happens, you put out a best of album or a live album. Yeah, they took a gamble for sure. Do you think it's one of those things that where it's like this guy is just so much better live that you know, we need to we need to put out a live record cuz it'll sell better than his other stuff? Or there's so many great songs from all of his other albums that
2: I mean, I don't know because how many, many albums still- did he put out before this? Wind of Change in 72, Frampton's Camel in 73, Something's Happening in 74, and then his, a self-titled album called Frampton that came yeah. out in 75. Okay. So already released so he, four
1: records. So he had to, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, that's just interesting. You know, it just makes you wonder, like, what the
1: what the thinking was. I mean, maybe it was just one of those ways for the record, the record label to get older songs to be on the radio again. You know what I mean? Like, if you put out a live record, yeah. then all of his old catalog is now new again, in a way. Because it's on a new record.
2: And it's the way... So, what I love about this album, and I I found a really great copy of it, probably like a Goodwill or something, a while ago. So, I've had a, um, you know, a record copy of it for a while. So, I've listened to it all the way through quite a few times. There's something about the way that the microphones picked up the audience and, like, his reaction, you know, and his, like, little... You know, conversations with the uh, with the audience in between the tracks that makes it a really special listen. Um, let's go ahead and play our first song, dude. Let's start yeah, rapping. yeah, let's
1: do it. This is a sidetrack episode, so let's make this
2: yeah. And we're gonna short and, sweet. and we're gonna cram in we're gonna cram in three songs in here because what so what makes Frampton so great is he, he's got a really great like fusion of rock and jazz, um, and he's kind of all over the map in these these the selection of these songs from from these concerts so it's a really good representation of of kind of who he is as an artist so the first song we're going to play is the first track on the record uh this song is called something's happening
4: if there was ever a musician who was an honorary member of san francisco
2: society mr peter frafter
1: Alright, Q, Q So that was the uh that was the, the title track off of um his record Something's Happening, huh?
2: Yeah, so that's technically a single, but you know what? It wasn't released as a single for the Frampton comes alive obviously. Well, so go. it's go. it's fair game. Um I like the guitar solo and that one and I like the ooh babies at the end where I faded out.
1: Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a I mean, solid it, track. You know, this is just your your classic Classic rock sound, you know? Yeah. I guess that's what, I mean, that's what it is, right? So, you know, I mean, this is a conversation for a different day, Q. But I've, I've become, I shouldn't say this on the Pantheon Network, Q. They might, they might kick me off. <laughs> but I've become um, a little bit, I don't know what the word is, but tired or, or, or burnt out on, the 50 or so songs that that the music industry has decided represents classic rock you know in other words like right if you're out in public and you hear a classic rock song it's gonna be you know the 50 or so singles from you know the who's who of 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 that era you know what i mean
2: right and the who's who includes the who yeah, well, uh, Zeppelin. Well,
1: I was gonna say it, it includes the three singles from this album. Yeah, or at least yeah. uh, show me the way. But yeah, it's you know, I don't know why I brought that up, but but this has that sound, but it's not one of those songs. So it's 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 I I, I enjoy listening to. I mean, maybe that's why we do the format that we do on this podcast, talk about the non-singles because yeah. you're never gonna hear those, you know?
2: Right. There's a lot of great songs that aren't represented. Right in the mainstream and i mean that's the thing like is radio a dying uh industry you know yes
1: like,
2: does that even mean anything to people
1: no but i mean it's nowadays. it's still a thing when you're out and about at a restaurant or at a sports bar or something like that you're gonna hear right. you're gonna hear fucking you know back in black or you're gonna hear you know any other acdc song that i can't fucking stand you take that sure. out <laughs> you
2: yeah. take that out no, 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 dude. We'll even it in because I'm with you on that, man. But I'm just, uh, but here,
1: here's dude. the question that I have to ask myself Do I not like ACDC because I'm tired of hearing the same five songs and I've never dove into their other songs, their their catalog? I mean, that's on me as a, right. as a fan of music. Right. And,
2: dude, here, here's what we should do let's fucking cover some ACDC, man. Like, that's, yeah. that's the challenge that we're placing on ourselves. As a, as no filler. Yeah,
1: I'm down for that challenge, Q. And I'll tell you what. Let me tell you one thing here. There is an album. There's an ACDC album that I fucking... There's a song in here called Baby Please Don't Go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from 74 Jailbreak. This is before they, they switched the singers. I don't even know their names. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. But it's a great fucking uh, Angus, song.
2: Angus Young.
1: No, Angus Young is a guitar player. I know that much. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> anyway... So, my point being, there is one ACDC song that I do like that's not a single, at least I don't think it is. Dude,
2: which means that there's probably countless. Exactly. That you would love. Exactly. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? We could do a whole month of that style of rock. Classic rock. We could do. The, the, dude, we could yeah. do ACDC and ZZ Top as our two main. Okay. Fuck yeah, dude. I bet we could find countless. ZZ Top songs that weren't singles that are
1: fucking genius. We could just do a month of, of, of... How about this, dude? How about we challenge ourselves to pick the four... Look at some of the four best-selling records from that era. Rock and roll records, right? Okay. Uh, and then and then talk about the non-singles. And then, you know, essentially we'll be reacting for the first time, I'm guessing, because we don't have much yeah. exposure to this stuff. Anyway, all right. That yeah. was a tangent. But um, that's a anyway, yeah, all right, Q, let's get back to, to Frampton here. So what else you got for us, Q? You're the one who has this record at home, right? You've listened to this.
2: Yeah, and I'll, let me tell you this. It's really hard to pick songs. on. There's a lot of great songs on this record. Um, so I'm trying to pick songs that will, I don't know, kind of represent his wide range and sounds. As, uh, you know, rock singer from the seventy mid-70s. So I'm going to play a song that's more... I mean, Frampton had a lot of great love songs, you know? The three singles, Show Me The Way, Baby I Love Your Way, and fucking... Well, Do You Feel Like We Do is not necessarily a love song, but, you know. He has some great lovey-dovey songs. Sure. And I'm going to play another one uh, that I really like. This is a few tracks down. It is called All I Want to Be Is By Your Side.
3: That turns just another claim. Put me on the ground. There's money in my pocket. I won't make a sound, but well, you can run me over. I'll pick up leaf Clover now. They cut the lights down. This record's going slower. Can't you see what it's doing to me? All I want It's by your side, yeah. All I want to be is by
1: your side. Yeah, it's... It's nice to hear Frampton without his uh, electric guitar, his Les Paul,
2: you know? Yeah. The, the, the What I love about this song, this live recording, is when he cuts out his voice and, you know, points to the audience. And yeah. Seeing, dude, that's like, just captures the, you know, what makes concerts so special, you know? Like, and it puts a smile on my face every time I hear that part, dude, when he... When he lets the audience finish the the verse,
1: I mean, there's people in the crowd that are into it, dude. Yeah, but that's that's what's interesting to me. Like you said, is that he didn't have much commercial success before this record, but he clearly had a, a fan base. Yeah, right. Like a devoted fan base. They knew all the words. They went to the shows. They screamed the words, you know, out loud. Yeah, when dude. you pointed to him. I mean, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's one of those things where all Frampton songs sort of, you know, it's it's you can tell immediately that it's Frampton because of his voice. So I'm like, have I heard this song or is it just because it's Frampton that I think I've heard the song?
2: Well, you got to think about it, dude. Like you said. This like our dad played this album a lot. Well, then then I probably heard every one of these songs, man. Well, I was going to say, like, it's not like he just skipped to the three singles on this record that you know. Those are the only ones like, I remember. He... Right, but he played this album, you know? Like, I I don't remember these songs from my childhood either. They're but... just buried deep in my psyche yeah. then. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, uh, you know, along with Dad playing this record, the three songs that you heard the most just because they were played on the radio were the three singles, you know? But yeah, dude, I guarantee you that we heard this album all the way through yeah, multiple right. times growing up. You're probably right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but hey, before we jump to our next pick, let's take a quick break. All right, so I'm going to play another song that's a little bit more rock and roll, you know? Now, Q, uh, I got to ask you,
1: I hope the answer is yes. Does he use the vocoder on this song?
2: On this next one, no. He only he only uses the vocoder, or, you know, the the talk box is what it's called. It's, it's a talk box. Uh, he uses that on what is it? Do you feel like we do? And show me the way too. And show me, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think he he does it on this one.
1: Well, that's a that's a real bummer. I'm sorry, dude.
2: But hey, you know what? I'll intro a in with one of those tracks.
1: Okay, excellent, excellent.
2: All right, so. This is a few tracks down on the record. This one is called I'll Give You Money.
4: If you love it
1: Yeah, man, that that uh, guitar intro was fire, as they say.
4: <laughs> as
1: you fire. say, I think
2: I think you're the only one that says that. Nah,
1: nah, plenty of people say that. It was, uh, yeah, the song that was a banger, dude.
2: Like you said, dude, this is just straight up '70s rock and roll, you know? Right. But yeah, this is one of those records. I mean, that's what we preach on this goddamn what do we preach Q? podcast, but. We preach listening to it from, from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is the case with most live records, but it's interesting that they pieced this together from four different concerts. Yeah, know? that
1: is interesting. But I mean, I've seen yeah, that before. So, I mean, Metallica, one of Metallica's very famous live records was, was the same kind of thing, whereas multiple shows. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they pieced this together in a way that it flows well. You know, It wasn't necessarily how the set list was, um, you know? So, but it's, yeah, it's it's a great listen all the way through. It's got a really great, you know, flow to it. For every, you know, banger track like this one, that's more like heavy with, you know, heavy on the guitar solos and the, and the you know, catchy riffs and whatever, there's an equal amount of like slow, you know, acoustic songs. Like, like all I want to be is by your side. Yeah, dude, it's just it's just one of those. It's one of those records, dude. I mean, it it stand, stands the test of time. It's one platinum by twenty eleven, and it had won eight times.
1: It just makes you wonder why these songs didn't catch on when they were originally released.
2: Like, what about this? Right? I mean, it must have been a maybe.
1: A, you know, to your point earlier about the. You know the.
2: Album oriented rock yeah, station. Yeah, that makes sense. Now it's all starting yeah, to click yeah.
1: because these songs probably just weren't didn't have a station to be played on.
2: Yeah, and, and it was. I mean, think about it, dude. It was probably really exciting to hear a live recording of an artist on the radio. You know, like that was maybe
1: that was something that never happened before. Yeah, maybe,
2: maybe. Uh, you know, all right. and and you know, like I said, you know, being able to hear. He's Lucas Hare. He's Kerry Shale. And this is a
5: trailer for Is It Rolling Bob? Talking Dylan. We talk to interesting people like
4: author Neil Gaiman. Dylan is always more omnipresent than you believe. Part three of American Gods is called this moment of the storm. And of course, it's a hard rain's going to fall is, is another way of saying that. Singer Billy Bragg. I went to Hammersmith
5: Odeon with Chrissy Hind, And she totally spoiled the whole evening for me by going backstage beforehand. And coming and saying to me, you must come back and say hello to Bob afterwards, he'd love to meet you. So I spent the entire gig thinking to myself, what am I going to say to Bob Dylan (laughs) that doesn't sound like, hello Bob, I really like your records. So I ran away.
4: Actor David Morrissey. Their stories, they are all, you know, you sit there and you think, God, this is taking me on a journey, not just by uh, each track, but each album is Mm. such a chapter in a life. Singer Barb Junger.
0: And suddenly it's something in the song, you go Bing, you go, Oh yeah, that's today. That's the reality of the quality of his understanding of humanity that kind of that really relentless gaze
5: the legendary larry ratso sloman and that's when i talked to him about sad eyed lady and i said you know bob i always wondered you know in the chorus you say my warehouse eyes my arabian drums do you mean eyes is a verb or is there a comma there's <laughs> two different images and sarah goes yeah i've always wondered that too and bob, <laughs> and bob says leave me alone, <laughs> writer david hepworth honestly the sweat was dripping off me because i was not getting very far and you always think i've got to get some quotes i've got to get some lines or something and you, of course you can't get that out of bob dylan. it doesn't work like that mm. and the woman from the record company said to him how's it going bob and he says i don't know he keeps
4: asking me questions
5: <laughs> and dylan authority Michael Gray.
4: What he's doing there, Dylan, is he's, he's breaking through the sort of oleaginous smear of coast to coast important American television, and he's creating, he's busting through that and creating a live event, an authentic moment.
5: Is it rolling, Bob? Talking Dylan. His voice is really warm. It's just that it ain't got no form. But it's just like a dead man's last pistol
0: shot, baby.